I, I think a lot of companies, I think a lot of marketers, I think they know what they need to do, right, to be successful or to create quality content. What I don't think that they have is the focus and the time and the resources to do it. I think a lot of marketing teams try to take on too much or they spread themselves too thin or they underestimate just what it takes, you know, to, to really create top-notch content that can compete um, in, in organic search. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO. So I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and uh, today I have a very special guest. I have Ben Seiler from GoSchedule. He's the Inbound Marketing Director, and I'm very excited about this episode because I know CoSchedule for uh, a few years now, and I know that CoSchedule is a very con-focused company, and I'm really excited to be discussing with um, the inbound marketing director of the company about uh, many, many interesting things uh, with regards to con. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's great to be here. So before we dive into the, uh, some questions that I have and uh, mm -hmm. before we start our conversation, it would be interesting for our listeners to know um, a few things about your journey. How did you end up uh, doing what you do today? Uh, if, you could, if you could just let us know a few things about your journey and your background, it would be uh, fantastic as a way to kick things off. Sure, yeah. So my professional journey um, started back in college. Um, I went to school uh, for journalism and, and PR. Um, my first uh, actual career job out of college was as a content writer at an e-commerce company. Uh, so I spent a, a couple years there, um, learned an incredible amount very quickly. Um, and then after that, I went to work um, at an agency in a slightly more senior uh, writer role. Um, and then just got a, a pretty good breadth of experience across a lot of different types of you know, content and different platforms and channels for a variety of different clients, um, primarily in manufacturing, uh, healthcare, and financial services. Uh, so the biggest client I worked on there was Bobcat with the um, construction um, and agricultural uh, uh, equipment company. Um, and then after I had been there for a little over a year and a half, um, I got a, a message out of the blue on LinkedIn uh, from Garrett Moon, the CEO and, and co-founder of, of CoSchedule. And 
you know, at first I, I didn't plan on answering it because I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a job. Um, I'm kind of wary of cold pitches on LinkedIn in general, because I think we all get too much of it and you kind of maybe even unconsciously start to filter it out pretty quickly. But then I like thought about it and I was like, you know, if the, uh, the CEO of a company, like especially here, like a local company, so we're in North Dakota. Um, and at the time, uh, CoSchedule was getting a lot of buzz locally as, as an up and coming company. Um, I was like doing some really big things that are maybe somewhat uncommon for, um, for a company in the, uh, the, the part of the, the United States where we're, we're located, we're a fairly rural uh, area. Um, so I kind of figured, you know, like if, if someone like that sends you a message at the very least, you can probably take a phone call. Right. So, so I did. Um, and you know, not too, too much longer after that, I applied, um, for a content writing uh, position at CoSchedule, um, joined the company shortly thereafter. And then, um, you know, after kind of moving my way up uh, the ranks here over the last, it'll be six years in December. Um, I am now the inbound inbound marketing director uh, here at CoSchedule. That's great. Very interesting story. And for people who don't know, what is CoSchedule? Uh, what, you know, can you do with the tool and who would you say gets the most value out of the tool? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So we describe ourselves as a family of agile software products uh, to help marketing teams get organized um, and, and do better work. I think in more plain English, um, our core product offerings are um, like marketing, marketing calendar and marketing project and work management software. Um, that's probably the terminology that's a bit more generic <laughs> that I, I think most people would be familiar uh, with what those things are. Um, so for as far as like who who can maybe get the most value from the, the product, I would say any marketer in any company, um, particularly those working on, on teams, um, generally we kind of think that you know, our, our core market is maybe, um, you know, teams of like probably two to five, you know, are probably most common for us um, with companies with a headcount of maybe 50 to 200 people. Um, but we get everybody from solopreneurs all the way up to people working at uh, Fortune 500s, you know, use, use our software. Um, so that's really our core product offering. Um, we also offer, um, Headline Studio, which is a premium version of our popular uh, headline analyzer, our headline testing tool. We rolled out a, a more advanced uh, freemium version of that um, earlier this year that just adds like a ton of functionality um, and just really does a lot of things to make it more useful. Uh, and then we also have um, what we call a, the, the Actionable Marketing Institutes, our e-learning uh, course platforms. So, um, yeah, I think most people are probably familiar with um, our marketing calendar and our marketing suite and our uh, headline analyzer, but um, yeah, we're definitely uh, 
definitely growing. And, you know, I think we have a lot to offer lots of different types of marketers, um, you know, different products that, that they might need. Okay, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. One of the most interesting things about CoSchedule is the fact that you are competing in a very, um, let's say, uh, a, a category where competition is very intense, okay? And most yeah. of the keywords or the terms that you have visibility for are very hard to get. And I would like to know, how do you deal with competition at the end of the day? And what mm -hmm. do you think are the ingredients of your success? Because obviously we're talking about success here in terms of uh, your organic visibility and so on. Is it that your con satisfies search intent or even, you know, is 10 step? Ten steps ahead of what people have in mind when they are conducting mm -hmm. a, a search. Is it amplification through link building, for example? Uh, is it in-depth content, or is it you know uh, pretty much everything that I just described and even more? I'd like to 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 hear your thoughts uh, with regards to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I feel like I think that's a great question, but I think I might not have a very satisfying answer. <laughs> Or at least not a very groundbreaking or maybe surprising answer to that question. Um, for us, I think as far as competition goes content-wise, I think the biggest advantage that we have going for us is that it's just time. Um, so CoSchedule started in 2013. Uh, the blog was launched you know, shortly after the company was founded. Um, so the marketing strategy has always been led by content, but if you go back seven or eight years, the, the B2B content space was not nearly so competitive as what it is now. I mean, it, it was competitive for sure, um, but I feel like it, it, it's become much, much, much more difficult to stand out uh, in, in the years since then. Um, but since we had you know, like a, a head start, over you know maybe some newer companies or some some newer competitors we've had the time to build a domain authority to where it's it's easier for us to compete on things that are um are on like competitive topics and competitive keywords um beyond that though um I don't think it's just kind of having like the first mover advantage, though, which, which we're well aware of the fact that we, we have that going for us, but we don't want to take that for granted either because um, I, I feel like if we start to rest on our laurels, it would, it would not be that difficult for someone or multiple someones, you know, to start to eat away um, at, at some of that success that we've established. So, we have, since the beginning, we have made sure to not lose sight of just like the core values that we expect all of our content to kind of imbue. So for us, it's like if we're going to press publish on anything, we want to feel confident that it's the best thing that we could do on a given topic. And that's difficult, you know, to, to maintain that type of standard, you know, day to day for, for years, but we found that that's what it takes. And so we're very clear. And I think over the years, we've just developed a very strong understanding of 
you know, what, what does quality content look like? You know, what does it mean to actually satisfy search intent? You know, um, and I, I don't know, just like, I, I feel like I'm really kind of struggling to, 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 um, you know, grasp at a better answer for you, but I really think it just comes down to the fact that we got started at the right time and we just haven't really taken our foot off the gas. You know, it's, um, we just really commit to just creating the best content that we can and, um, and just keeping that going. And it's, it's worked out really well for us. I think that this is a perfect answer, but a follow-up then would question would be, do you think that at the point we are at right now and the mm -hmm. maturity level of the SaaS industry in general, B2B SaaS uh, to be more specific, do you think that it's too late, let's say, for a company to, to start right now? Uh, just because obviously timing is important when it comes to success mm -hmm. uh, for, for startup companies. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, the short answer is no, I don't think it's too late um for for a few reasons but i do think it means that if you are starting a b2b SaaS company right now you might need to have a stronger focus on things that aren't seo at least in the beginning um because i mean seo like there's some debate about how long it takes before seo actually kicks in but i wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket um, if, if you're starting out or just, I mean, anyway, you, like you never should have been, but I think maybe more, more now than ever, like I would be looking at, well, what can, what can you do in, in other formats and in other channels that are maybe a bit less saturated? Um, but I wouldn't give up on SEO or, or content or like having like a, a content driven SEO strategy entirely. So I think that we've seen, you, you know, some, some signs from Google that, you know, they've made some efforts to kind of shake up the search results a bit. And um, I think they're, they are making moves toward trying to serve people or try, just trying to serve users the best content, not necessarily just content that's been published um, by, you know, trusted authorities or, or just by like publications or websites that have just been there for years, right? And I think that there's some recognition on Google's behalf that, you know, just because, um, you know, a website is popular or drives a ton of traffic. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's maybe some growing awareness on, on their side that it's very easy for, for, for companies to, um, or, or just for websites or publishers, you know, not, not just, um, you know, not, not just companies creating content, but, anybody creating content that's successful for a long time. Um, sometimes like that content just starts to succeed because it's being carried by domain authority. It's being carried by brand recognition. Um, and you kind of see some of um, you know, like, like these legacy brands. I don't know if that's like the appropriate word for them, but like the companies that have just been there forever, that their content, the quality starts to decline, but they continue to rank, right? Um, and so I, I could kind of see, I, I could see some of that, that first mover advantage, you know, that even like companies like, like our own have built up, I could see that maybe slowly being eroded away. 
Um, and if, if, if or when that happens, that's obviously going to create more opportunity, um, you, you know, for, for newer players who are just creating great stuff to, uh, to get recognized for it. So, but I think at the same time, if you're trying to plan your strategy around that, you're kind of banking on being able to predict what Google's going to want or what Google is going to reward. But I, I do kind of like, like, at least in my view, I do kind of see some, some, some signs and some, some evidence that, you know, I, I think they're going to continue to shake things up in a way that I, I think is maybe going to make things easier for, um, for, for newer companies so long as they're willing to put in the work. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. Uh, I would like to shift gears a bit and uh, discuss something that you have done on your website and that I really like. And it's a top of discussion among, you know, con creators and uh, SEO professionals, which is that sure. you have a topic cluster around marketing strategy. And yeah. this topic cluster that you have ranks for more than uh, 10,000 keywords and has backlinks from more than 1,200 referring domains, which is impressive by its own. And obviously, there is a success in terms of the organic visibility, the traffic, I assume, that this topic cluster brings to the website. But I would like mm-hmm. us to, uh, I would like you to, uh, to share with us um, the nitty-gritty, if possible, of uh, the implementation and executional part of that topic cluster, like from topic selection and, you know, essentially saying that these are the topics that we are going to include in there, this is how the main page will look like, the hub page, uh, some mm-hmm. as people uh, call it. Uh, this is how we'll inter, uh, interlink between the hub page and the uh, topic cluster, cluster pages, as some people call them. Um, mm-hmm. It would be nice to, to hear your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that topic cluster has gone through a few different iterations over the years, and it took us a lot of time and a lot of experimentation to figure out, like, really how to get it right so the way that the process kind of started i mean first was um first what was we identified marketing strategy as being a very um a very broad but very relevant topic for us so we're trying to sell marketing calendar content calendar software well really like and this is a bit simplistic but what is a calendar used for other than to organize the execution of your strategy you know and the the planning of the pieces of your strategy that you'll you'll execute so there's a very strong product to topic you know connection you know there for us um but obviously, like we also recognize that marketing strategy is that that's an extraordinarily difficult term or or topic or set of keywords, however you choose to look at it. It's very difficult to rank on. It's very competitive. Uh, so that was where the idea came to um, create create a topic cluster or or like a content hub or you know whichever term you, you choose for that, um, and which that was something that we had never done before. So the way that we started, um, it's kind of like sort of like breaking down like the topic into smaller chunks. You know, like if you were going to plan and document and execute a marketing strategy, 
what what pieces of information would be essential for you to have in order to do that successfully? And I think the first time we did it or created that guide, it had like 15 or 16 chapters in it. And it was like way too dense. Um, it, it almost like went overboard with regard to how much detail we had packed in there. And then there's a lot of things with like, um, I don't know, there's just like so many like on-page things that are maybe kind of subtle or a little bit nuanced um, that we kind of learned over time. Like the biggest thing was that the homepage needed to be more substantive on its own. Um, the first, uh, on like our, our first couple of attempts, like the homepage was really more or less just a table of contents. Uh, so we just kind of like blew out the homepage just so that the homepage itself could stand as its own piece of content, even if you did not read the other chapters. Because if you're asking someone to read 15 chapters, that's an unrealistic ask. But um, so that was like one thing that we learned um, as far as like, and then I think like a lot of other things with it though, like once we kind of like figured out the strategy you know, like what information does it need? What pages does it need to have? Um, what's the best way to interlink all these pages? You know, from there, all, all you really have to do is just all the same on-page best practices that you would normally follow. So like include statistics, you know, have appealing images and things um, that people want to link to and that people want to share. Uh, make sure that you're covering the topic, you know, in, in depth, you know, and that you're, you're not leaving out anything that might be important for people to know. Um, you know, it, it's the, these are not things that I think are a mystery to anybody, but I, I think that where, where something like a topic cluster, where a project like that can really start to get overwhelming because it is kind of overwhelming. It's very complicated. It takes a lot of time and it's a big risk, you know, because you'll throw a lot of time and resources into one thing. And if it doesn't pan out, well, like then what? But you, you mitigate that risk somewhat because each chapter in that uh, or each page in that cluster individually has the opportunity to rank as well. So you're not so reliant on just one page, right? So we published that originally, I think in like 2016 or 2017. And like, we couldn't get the homepage to break on the page one for like when people search marketing strategy or anything related to marketing strategy. But we noticed that a lot of the chapter pages seem to benefit from, um, the just the the internal linking strategy that a topic cluster naturally creates so we didn't really consider it a, a failure because when you look at it um, holistically it was driving a lot of traffic and it was driving a lot of conversions um you know, once we kind of like just developed a better understanding of what a topic cluster going after something that competitive like what does it really need uh to, to be successful um We, um, I don't know, that we, we were able, we were kind of able to stack success on top of success just by kind of treating it like an ongoing, like an iterative sort of thing rather than like, we're going to just launch this out into the world and it needs to be successful right away. Um, it, it's something that you have to have a lot of patience uh, for. Um, 
but I, I think um, also like in addition to patience, like you have to be able, I, I mean, with, with whatever stakeholders you're dealing with, like whether it's a boss or a client or, or whoever, you have to, you have to be very firm in making the case that you are going to need a lot of time to get it right. And I think this is where like a lot of, I think a lot of companies, I think a lot of marketers, I think they know what they need to do, right? To be successful or to create quality content. What I don't think that they have is the focus and the time and the resources to do it. I think a lot of marketing teams try to take on too much or they spread themselves too thin or they underestimate just what it takes, you know, to, to really create top-notch content that can compete um, in, in organic search. So those would be the two things, you know, um, that, that I would say is be patient and um, be aware of, of, of how much time it's going to take because it's probably like whatever, whatever amount of time you think it's going to take, like add 20% because it's going to take time, you know, to, to get right. It's, I can't even remember. I mean, since we had kind of just been, we fully redesigned it three times, you know, we had maybe made light updates to it, you know, in between then, but I mean, if you were to tally up all the time we've put into that, that topic cluster over the years and i've never thought about it this way before myself it's probably like three months you know more probably um and then for it to really produce like the results that we were looking for i mean that was like a year or or two you know so um and i think that that by itself is probably enough to kind of like scare people off from trying something like that but um, but at the same time, I think, uh, given everything that we've learned about how to create topic clusters, I think that we could replicate that success much more quickly just because we're better at it now. Um, so maybe that's the last piece of, of advice that I would, I would share is instead of trying to learn all those lessons the hard way, just ask somebody else how they did it first. Yeah, that's, then, a, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And then, um, yeah. I would like to uh, ask, because obviously, as I mentioned in the beginning, CoSchedule is a company that's very focused on con, okay? And uh, I would like to ask, nowadays, after doing con for many, many years, uh, what does your con ideation process look like? Uh, does it start sure. with a typical, you know, I'm going to open a, a keyword data provider, I'm going to do keyword research, or um, mm -hmm. it's completely different? And at, at the same time, I have to ask whether or not you feel that at some point, guys, we're going to run out of ideas, like we have covered everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So for us, like going back, so I joined the company in like December 2015, but like even going back to like before my time at CoSchedule, it's always been a keyword focused or an SEO driven strategy. And so that's always been a component, but um, the, the, the strategy from the beginning was to, I mean, first identify the absolute most important keywords or the most important topics 
and then identify the keywords that people typically use to find information about those topics. Um, so for us, some of those terms are pretty obvious, you know, like marketing calendar, content calendar, whatever type of creative or marketing related calendar you could about imagine. Um, but then also, you know, we have, um, you know, like we have like workflow features, we have social scheduling features, we have some automation features and things like that. And so um, the, the strategy is always to identify which topics that people search for that are most closely related to product functions, right? Um, and that's kind of where, where everything started. And so once we had kind of covered, you know, most of those bases, you start branching out into things that are maybe are things that aren't, maybe they're not necessarily directly focused or directly connected to what your product does, but they might be things that someone who uses your product would be interested in. Um, and so we kind of started like going after more terms like that. Um, and then that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, I, I think, but, but to kind of maybe like drill down a level deeper than that, it's, I, I feel like once upon a time, like our strategy for surfacing keywords was pretty rudimentary. You know, it was a lot of like hunt and peck and just kind of like be like, oh, I wonder if people search for this and then like typing it into a tool and being like, oh, look at that, you know. Um, there's better ways that you can surface ideas um, than, than that. There's like way better just processes and things. But um, I mean, it really was that simple kind of in the early days. Um, and we kind of carried on like that for a really, really long time before we kind of got a bit more sophisticated with, um, you know, just w with how we, we, um, go about uncovering um, keywords that, that we might want to go after, but um, there's really not much of a secret to it ideation wise. But one thing that I will say is that we, we don't publish anything without taking search into consideration, at least not on our blog. Um, we have our podcast, you know, we have some other things that we do where we can kind of get away from that search driven, you know, sort, sort of emphasis. But for us, it's, we're a small team. And so we need to make sure that everything that we publish has a shot at driving traffic. Um, we can't necessarily just rely on publishing stuff that we think is gonna resonate with people, which I think is unfortunate. But just from a business perspective, just in terms of, the money we put into content versus the money we expect to get out of content. Um, we want to make sure that when we press publish, that piece is going to rank and it's going to get traffic, right? I would like to kind of break that mold a bit more than we have ideation wise. Cause I think that there's a lot of things that we could publish that. Um, I mean, it would make the ideation process maybe a bit more creative to tell you the truth. Um, but 
I don't know, without getting on too much of a soapbox or kind of going off into the weeds too much, it's we really kind of just ask ourselves, what are things that people would find useful? What are people, what are things that people need help with? And so if you kind of think about keywords that way, you know, like every search, behind every search is a person with a problem. So we just kind of think about it in terms of like what problems can we show up with the solution for? And that really drives the ideation process more than anything else. Okay, that's interesting. And I think that it's clear, like uh, the con that we produce needs to serve that very specific purpose. It couldn't right. get more clear than that. But a question that I have here is with regards to your editorial calendar uh, nowadays, mm -hmm. and I think that uh, I assume that you will be using co-schedule to uh, as you know, uh, your editorial calendar, but um, yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, um, do you have a balance between we need to produce okay, mm -hmm. an X amount of uh, new piece of con, but we also need to uh, apply some con updates as well? Um, is mm -hmm. con updating, uh, some people also call it uh, con refreshing, you know, you can call it however you like, but is it part yep. of, your, uh, of your process and your uh, standard, you know, creation? Um, and con calendar in general? Uh, yeah, so updating content has always been part of the strategy. Um, but for a long while, the way that we identified pieces to update really wasn't any more complicated than just kind of sifting through data in, in Moz or, or Ahrefs or looking through traffic, you know, reports in Google Analytics and being like, oh, this thing's dropping. We need to, we need to update this. And then from there, we always just put a priority on which pieces are, what, what are the pieces that have the strongest connection to product and then just emphasize keeping those updated because those are the ones that are, those are the pieces that are closest to revenue. Um, <laughs> And I think that sometimes when people ask this question, they kind of expect there to be maybe an answer that's more thoughtful or more complex than that, but it really was that basic for a really long time. Um, and now, like more recently and like over the years, I've kind of developed just some better methods for just gathering more data to kind of inform those decisions. And just beyond just like traffic and keyword rankings, starting to take impression data and click-through rates and conversion rates and all of, all of those things into, um, into consideration, which is a bit easier now because like we have so much content um, that when you have more content, you have more data to sort and then you have more of a need to really prioritize. It was a lot easier when the blog was smaller. <laughs> Um, and so the process just didn't really need to be as complicated to kind of stay on top of things. Um, so now it, over the years, it's though, like, even though it's always been a part of our strategy, updating content has become a much more important part of our strategy, I think more recently. And I think going forward, it's the, the bulk of what we do is probably just going to be just trying to stack success on top of success and just optimize what we have. Um, I don't think that you can ever run out of things to say. Like, I think that that's almost literally impossible if you have something that you're passionate about. 
But I think from a search perspective, though, and if we kind of think about, well, if that's the primary means of getting traffic, what do people use search engines for? They use it to answer questions. You can reach a point where you've answered enough questions <laughs> that you are probably driving as much traffic as what you really need to grow in the way that you want. And so you can reach a point where it doesn't make sense to keep adding new content when you could actually drive greater gains by optimizing what you have, especially if you're a small team. And so that's kind of the position that we're in right now. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think that updating, like even if you are a newer company, even if you have a smaller blog, um, your, your greatest opportunities might actually be just optimizing what you've already got. It's really, really easy to kind of get stuck in this like mode of operation where you're just constantly thinking new and just constantly churning stuff out. And I think especially, I, th I think as creative professionals, it's just very easy for us to just want to create and just make more stuff. But um, yeah, you kind of, you'll kind of reach a point where y you have to start to pivot because you start to run into issues with content decay and, you know, just having a website that's just larger than what you can afford to manage at a certain point too. So there's, there's things to balance, but um, yeah, I, I, I would not, uh, I, I would not underestimate the power of just updating things. Um, and making things better for people. We have seen great results from content updating as well for, for our clients. And it's really interesting every time we, we do an, a content update to see how much of an impact it can have. Obviously, sometimes some content updates are not as successful as others, obviously. Right. But um, I'm, I'm really fascinated uh, when I see that, okay, this piece of con has started decaying or decaying when it comes to its performance or maybe ha has reached a plateau and just mm -hmm. by updating it you know boom like an explosion and, and it's really fascinating yeah. to see every time and this is why we always push our clients as an agency towards that direction as well because what's the point as you correctly put it what's the point of creating new content constantly uh, while you have something there that you can update um, and, you know, get more uh, results out of it. Um, that was all very, very insightful. Um, before we go, uh, I'd like to ask um, uh, where people can uh, find more about you if they want to get in touch or co-schedule. Uh, so please share uh, the CTA for our listeners. Uh, yeah, for sure. So co-schedule is pretty easy to find, uh, just coschedule.com. Uh, you can learn everything that you could ever want to know about all of our products there. Uh, if you're looking for where I'm at, I'm pretty easy to find on Twitter um, or LinkedIn. And I'm pretty open to, you know, talking to whoever <laughs> um, on, on those um, platforms. So, um, yeah, definitely don't be afraid to, to, to follow or you know, send a, a connection request or, or anything like that just to introduce yourself. That's great. Ben, thank you very much for being with us. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. 
We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time!